Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. In today's episode, there is there's just so much opportunity to learn. It is all about teenagers. And uh, we're gonna be kicking off a, a mini series on that topic, teenagers. Uh, we've all been there, we've all been one. We all know one. Uh, there are three in my house right now. And most of us have had some interaction where we've taught a teenager. And I'm guessing from uh, your reaction that a lot of you may be saying, yeah, that was really a unique time for me, or why do my kids behave like they do right now? So once again, Dr. Rhoda has some valuable insights uh, as we navigate through this. And please, as an audience, if you know a parent who has teenagers, this is really a great podcast to share with them. One of my favorite topics today. <laughs> I love the teenage brain, and I love talking about the teenage brain. So some people love the teenage years, some people loathe them, <laughs> wherever you're at on that spectrum. Um, I hope that this is helpful for you. I personally really enjoy teenagers and the teenage years. One of my favorite groups of people to spend time with are teens. I enjoyed my teen years, and for the, for the most part. <laughs> and uh, I enjoy spending time with young people who are going through this uh, tumultuous time, let's say. And so why is it so tumultuous? Based on what is going on in their body, their mind, and their spirit, it kind of becomes a perfect storm. Their body is changing. Their mind is not fully wired. It's going through a season of great neural growth. They're trying to figure out who they are apart from their friends and family. So there's identity issues going on. And then add to that, they have a hard time getting the sleep that their bodies need. And this can just be an extremely challenging time for both the teenager and the family. So, so when I hear you say that, I, I reflect on, on working with teenagers where they're crying and laughing all within a span of, of, of 10 minutes. Yes. And also, you know, my own teens, uh, dropping them off for an athletic event, and they're like, oh, no, Dad, Dad, you can drop me off in the parking lot. I, I'm good. I can walk in. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll walk out. Yeah, we're going to the same. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, my friends are there. So just being sensitive, all those crazy changes are going on. Yeah, so they're trying to figure out their identity apart from their parents. They want to be thought of as independently, not as this member of this family necessarily. And it is an emotional roller coaster ride. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is the emotions. We're going to have lots of, this is a series, mini series. So we're going to have several different topics, but I thought I'd kick it off with emotions. We'll be talking about their emotions and why the stage is like an emotional roller coaster. We're going to also discuss why relationships with friends is so important to them right now. Uh, eventually we'll have a conversation about dating and the brain. Uh, we're going to be discussing what is occurring with their identity development through the adolescent years, and we'll dig into what is occurring in their brains and why they are so impulsive and often don't think through the consequences of their actions. And then we will also be discussing why sleep is such a wonky element in the teen years. So those are all things that are coming up. So stick with us. Tell a friend who has a teen. Let's work together to support them so they can thrive, and <laughs> we can too. So we begin with emotions. The teenage years are an emotional roller coaster. A good friend of mine is a therapist in the Twin Cities, and most of his time is spent with adolescence in therapy, and we have jokingly discussed how it might be best just to put teens in a padded cell during this time <laughs> that their brain and body is developing and just keep them and everyone around them safe. But we know that it's a bad joke, and it's not possible, and it's really not a good solution at all. King David said that he praises God because he is fearfully and wonderfully made. 
God did not make a mistake when he designed how humans develop. And part of that development is the teenage years. We're supposed to have this stage in life when we transition from children into adults. And it's complex. That's how it's supposed to be. If your teens feel frustrated, that is absolutely normal. This is a wacky time in development, and we're going to get through it. Teenagers do grow up. <laughs> I've heard a, a funny story from a mom who was reflecting on how when her daughter was young, she never used coasters, and she was always getting those rings on the coffee table, you know, from the moisture sure. on the outside of the glass. And, oh, she was so frustrated, and she was always sliding a coaster under her daughter's glass and telling her daughter to use a coaster. Her daughter grew up, had her own family, you know, got her own house. Grandma went to visit. She set her drink down on the table, and the daughter slid a coaster underneath her drink. Nice. <laughs> so they do remember. It just they may not admit it at the time, or they may rebel at the time, but it does make an impression. We keep doing what we're supposed to keep doing, and know that, that it is sinking in, even if they, it doesn't always seem like it. But let's dig in a little bit deeper. During puberty, the body, why, why is this such an emotional time? During puberty, the body is changing faster than during any other time in life except for like the first year. Okay. Hormones in the body are the thing that is signaling the body to change. So there's neurochemistry. There's chemistry going on in your body that's physically telling it to change. As their body is beginning to develop, both boys and girls begin growing more hair. Girls begin their menstrual cycle. Guys grow taller. Their shoulders grow wider. Girls often gain some weight and become more curvy. They all begin to have some acne possibly. And this is just a part of God's perfect design. This is how it's supposed to be. But just as these hormones are affecting the outside of their body, they're also affecting the inside. Hormones regulate, help, uh, you know, have an influence on our emotions. Testosterone, for example, is the hormone that can lead to anger, rage, frustration. Think about this. A boy's level of testosterone can increase by hundreds of percents within a few months. And these are emotions they've never felt before. This is a brand new thing to them. They start feeling these strong feelings and they have no idea why. They don't know why they're angry. They just are. And, and that's such a great reminder because as a, an adult, we always want to say, okay, well, what's the reason? Yep. Why did you do that? Why didn't you think this thing through? And, and the reality is it just happens. Two things going on there. First off, they're feeling emotions they've never felt before, and they've got to figure out how to deal with them. How do we learn how to deal with emotions? By dealing with emotions, it's experience, right? And so we have to just walk with them through this time when they're trying to figure out these different feelings. The second thing is, and we're going to get into that in a few um, next week maybe or the following week, the development of the prefrontal cortex. If you ask a teenager, what were you thinking? Chances are they weren't. <laughs> they, they weren't thinking through the consequences of their actions. And so we ask them this question that they don't have an answer to, and then they just feel all the more we're against them. And, and, and that is so true that, that that brings up, you know, when I worked in Chicago, field trip. Yeah. So these eighth graders decided, let's see how close to the edge of the curb we can stand in downtown Chicago. And you have these city buses with the yeah. side mirrors that yeah. stick up. And it, it's things you don't even, yeah. they, they don't yep. even think about the consequences. And right. so then you have these rules stand, stand, you know. And they think we're just making a bunch of rules up. They don't realize that we're really trying to protect them from, from danger. But, but young kids just haven't, how do we learn about those things? We learn about them through experience. And they haven't had those experiences yet. And so until they start to have those experiences and we have the conversations, so what would happen if you were standing on that curb and that bus came by? 
This is why we don't. We're not telling you to stand in line because we're mean and we want you to stand in line. We don't want you getting hit by a bus. Oh, Rhoda, <laughs> you're bringing back so many memories <laughs> yeah. uh, on the L. You know, surfing, yeah. you know, refusing to hold on with it starting, yeah. adolescence falling flat. Yeah, they feel okay. invincible, right? It, they nothing do. bad can ever happen to them, and we all were there. That's part of the growing up process. So we have to, tr- you know, be very patient, but also have expectations for them and help them understand. Think of young girls and their hormones. The level of estrogen and other hormones occupy oxytocin things going on are really increasing in young women and they long to feel connection and belonging Uh, that's what these these hormones do Uh, they start to experience mood cycles that correspond to their monthly cycle they have friends and they don't know why they feel sad and lonely because they have friends they just do they you know and it's it here again there's no explanation it's just new feelings new emotions due to hormones that they've never experienced before and they've got to work through it and just survive it. And by the way, depression in teenage girls is twice the level of it is in young boys, teenage boys. I think that's a really important note yeah. to take. You know, yeah. I wonder, too, with, with uh, the environment we're living in today, mm-hmm. I often wonder, with all the texting back and forth, mm-hmm. can that duplicate? It continues the friendship, but yet they're still experiencing this, which is just all part of adolescence. Right. There's nothing like face-to-face connection. I also get a little bit nervous because we're going to learn later on that the amygdala is a little hypersensitive in teenagers. The amygdala is the thing that senses if there's danger. A teenager naturally, you know, a teenager thinks that somebody is more angry at them than what they probably are. Just the way their amygdala is working, they think everybody's upset all the time. And so now if you're reading texts from your friends, it leaves a lot of room for misinterpretation with that amygdala being super sensitive during this time period. Uh, when it comes to depression, too, we want to be careful. We've talked about this before on this this podcast, that our thoughts lead to our emotions, which lead to our actions. Young girls who get into a thought depressive thought loop cycle and think negative, 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 it can really spiral downhill. And so it's not bad to feel emotions. Not every emotion is going to be happy and exciting and joy-filled and, you know, probably about half close to half of our emotions may not feel that way but when we ruminate on something when we ruminate on a negative thought over and over and over and over again it can really actually throw off the chemistry in our brain brain and it can go into clinical depression so we want to be careful to help them think of what they're grateful for what the positives are keep a gratitude journal what are the friends you are grateful for you know help young girls work through this because we can we can talk ourselves into pretty serious depression so life becomes this emotional roller coaster with we're feeling great one minute followed by feeling horrible the next minute. And again, not always knowing exactly why. We can't get into all the details in this one podcast. It would take too long. So I've broken these podcasts up into different topics. In later shows, we're going to discuss how their brain is, is developing and how this plays into it as well. We are social, emotional, cognitive, spiritual beings. And during the teen years, all of these things are feeling topsy-turvy. So what do we do? Although most of life for them feels unpredictable and uncertain, it's one of the reasons why we're so susceptible to addictions during the teenage years. People do drugs. People use alcohol. People use pornography. It works. It's very predictable. When you do that, there's going to be a certain feeling, and it's very predictable. When your life is very, very unpredictable, you're looking for something that is. And so we have to be very aware of that during the teenage years. They become more susceptible to addiction. So we, as they are adults in their life, need to be that safe, steady place. We are predictable in a world of unpredictable. And even though we seem boring and old in being that, that's exactly what they need. So regardless of how the adolescent treats you as an adult, 
it's important for, for us as adults to know they really need that feeling of safety and security right. again and again and again and again, despite whatever reaction we receive. When they fly off the handle and get really angry, we're going to stay calm, cool, collected, you know, and be able to just be this steady place for them. Hold them accountable. You know, if they slam the door, there's got to be a, a consequence for that action if you don't want the door slammed in your house. If they're, you know, having a disruption in class, there's got to be an accountability for that. But it's going to be predictable. They know, they know that, not, that one day you're going to react this way and another day you're going to react a different way. You're going to react steady and the same predictable way each time. And we just need to continue to let them know that they are unconditionally loved at a time when they don't always feel very lovable. So when they come home from school, slam that door. Um, know that it might not be about you at all. Don't take it personal. Uh, you can let them know that there will be a consequence, as I was saying, the next time they slam a door, but you don't have to become angry and have it ruin everyone's evening. Help them find ways to work through emotions. Teens can be very impulsive due to what's going on in their brain. We'll talk about that next week. So give them some strategies to calm down and not act on their emotions in the heat of the moment. This is a big one. We don't want them to quit the team when they're mad at the coach right in the moment. We want them to just just get through it, calm down, think through it, and then make the decision when you're in a, a calmer state. One of the best ways to level out brain chemistry is exercise. 20 minutes of vigorous exercise is truly one of the very best ways to level out when you're feeling angry, anxious, depressed, upset, nervous. Uh, 20 minutes of brisk activity. Journaling, writing about your thoughts can really help you understand them better. Breathing, you know, we've talked before and it's just so important. One of the, the best ways to regulate that amygdala and get it to calm down is your parasympathetic nervous system, your vagus nerve. And you stimulate the vagus nerve by deep breathing. In particular, a breathing where you breathe in, you hold your breath, and then you breathe out longer than you breathe in. Typically, if you can take three to five of those types of breaths, you will feel a significant difference. A great way to calm ourselves when we can't get out and do physical activity and work out. Another strategy, they talk to a friend, talk to a family member. You know, don't sit there alone when you're sad or depressed or when you're angry. If you want to talk to somebody, have some safe people you can talk to. And then sometimes there's just a benefit in sleep. Sometimes it's just a bad day and you just need to go to sleep and hit the reset button and tomorrow's a new day. You know, you know what's amazing to me is these five approaches, we've heard them before. This is not, you know, shocking new revelations. But yet, I often struggle with revisiting those and yeah. making sure those are habits. And so it's so important that you bring those up again with the value that they have. Yeah, I think when we understand why they work, we're more likely to use them. When you understand why the breathing helps or why the journaling helps, you're more likely to recommend that to a young person. And they're more likely to do it if they see that it is actually helpful. Help them understand that they don't need to act on every impulsive emotion. Wait until they calm down and then act if you still feel it's appropriate. You know, don't, for example, don't text your friend when you're really angry or when you're really sad. Texting in general leaves a lot of room for misinterpretation, but especially in the teen brain due to what's happening with their amygdala. Again, we'll discuss that next week. Wait until, you know, you're just don't make decisions when you're really upset. And that's good advice for us as adults too, right? help them remember and help reminding ourselves this is a phase they're going to get through it we need to love them we need to support them and help teach them the skills to manage their emotions during this important time of development our goal in five to thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full god-given potential so here are five straightforward uh, actionable items that you should consider the first one is the best way to work through emotions 
is exercise. We know it works, we know why it works. Consider relaying that to your teenager. Number two, consider having your teenager journal. Number three, rethink uh, breathing techniques and, and explain to your, your teenager that these really do work and, and this is why they work. Uh, number four, talk to a friend or family member. And lastly, number five, sleep. Sometimes you simply just need it. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.